The Art of Kindness in a Crisis. We're going to help you reset and rewire your leadership language. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Good day, Rory. How are you? I am terrific, Paul. It's good to hear your voice, and thanks for doing this again, my friend. Well, I am glad to continually learn about the potential of coaching and the uh, need for even more in our challenging times that we're going through. But today, you're going to really focus on kindness. Yeah, the art of kindness. And and actually, I was talking to a friend earlier today, and I was I had a whole different topic set for this podcast, and. When she told me this story, I thought, you know, I've got to, I just got to talk to organizations about that. And the issue was, it was a school district in a, a relatively large town, a school district. But I won't say who they are because I'm not out to embarrass anybody. But uh, as soon as the crisis set out and people were sheltering at home and teachers were teaching from home, the HR department of the school district sent out an email and said, uh, oh, by the way, if you're a teacher teaching during the day, you need childcare. You need somebody oh watching your children, huh. uh, which kind of defies the concept of sheltering in place. Jeez. How are people <laughs> supposed to do that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they're going to start like a school, you know, uh, uh, daycare. And so that, which also then defeats the concept of staying at home and being away from people. So, right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got to forgive me, man. It was just too comical. Sure. And it just, it was just like uh, absurd. And so I just decided, you know, we've got to practice the art of kindness during this pandemic. We can't just do that kind of stuff. We can't, we can't be doing just absurd, crazy stuff. So I came up with a few principles uh, that we can cover in order to be kind in the workplace and, you know, just kind of uh, give people a little slack, uh, everybody. And, and you and I have talked about this. Even I've lost a little bit of my momentum and, mm-hmm. and mojo in this. And, and we've talked about preparing for the podcast and going, Oh man, it's, I've got to get my juices flowing. I got to get my mojo going and, mm-hmm. and all of that, the challenge of that. And I completely understand people doing that. And so, uh, I think just being kind and giving people a little slack and, you know, it's a little breathing room. I recognize we've got things to do and we've got projects to do and we've got things to do. Um, but a lot of people are really struggling with this. And I think the, the language of kindness could be a great tool right now in that process. So, you know, and, and it and is so true it, that people are going to remember that more than whatever task you get done. Absolutely. It, it, they're going to remember how the, it's, it's this it's this saying in a, in a corporate sense. People remember how you made them feel, not what you said. Right. And and so. How are we going to make people feel as a leader is so important. We may say, you know, have a stirring speech and all of that, but how did you make them feel is the key. So, you know, the first thing we've got to do is in this process is let them know how they stand. You know, mastering the art of kindness takes commitment and determination, but it's worth it. Real kindness is shown in being straightforward and direct with your employees so that they know where you stand and why, yeah. but also being reasonable. And I think it's, you know, if you're going to make a, a corporate decision in this crisis is, you know, run it up the flagpole, mm-hmm. uh, ask a number of people their opinion before you uh, put it in print. I was talking about a concept of something I'm going to write here in the near future. And I ran it by this person. They said, Hey, uh, don't go down that, don't go down that path. Mm. And, and she gave me a real good suggestion for it. And, and I agree. So 
uh, I ran the idea by someone. And I think corporations should do the same thing, run it by them and see what they think before we move on. You know what I mean? Yes. And, and as a coach, you need to let everyone know where you stand because they're not around you anymore. Right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you've just got that level of kindness has got to come through. Mm-hmm. So, and, and the second bullet point here, I think this is important is strong doesn't have to be harsh. Leadership means strength, but not harshness. A soft answer turns away wrath and keeps employees uh, better balanced. And I just think that's, you know, a soft answer turns away wrath, almost almost biblical, really. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's the power of coaching. And really, coaching is the ability to be to be tough, but not harsh, to have standards and have, you know, this is what we're going to do, this is what we're going to accomplish, but you don't have to do it in a harsh way by asking. That's the whole goal of coaching is asking questions that are the challenging and difficult questions, but they're not the kinds of questions that that turn people off. And so that's such an important key in this process. And then, and go ahead. No, I'm just, uh, when, when you're, people are afraid a lot of times to be strong because they think they're not being kind, but in truth, you can just be strong and not harsh and still be kind. Absolutely. Yeah, and then I think it's just kind to say, you know, here's what we've got to do and here's what we've got to accomplish but asking people, what do you think? What's your approach? How would you go about it? And and just asking them, and and that's still showing strength. These are the here's what we've got to accomplish, but not being harsh and saying you're going to do it this way and my way. I was listening to a John Maxwell podcast uh, last week, and uh, I loved what he said. He had a, a saying in there. He said, "If you just if you just do it my way, you're going to save both of us a lot of time." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And I love that. And so, uh, but that's, that truly is too harsh. That's not asking anybody their opinion and their perspective. And that's the important key. And then also people love around, people love being around folks who are confident, but not arrogant. Mm -hmm. Confidence like the measles is contagious or like COVID-19, to be honest with you, confidence is contagious like COVID-19. Employees want to be around someone who is confident, but they don't want to be around somebody who is the company know-it-all. And that's important too. And, and being kind in an organization is, okay, here's what we've got to do. This is what we're, our parameters are. Being confident in that, but not being, we're going to do it my way. This is the way you're going to do it, my way or the highway. It's such an important, uh, such an important concept in the process. Again, another concept that people are afraid to do because they're afraid to look in a different way when they mm-hmm. can just make sure they look confident and not arrogant. Right. And it's a, it's a, it's a balancing act. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think uh, the more I've done coaching and particularly coaching with the entire executive team, uh, the more I listen and the more I understand where they're coming from and the more I understand their challenges, the greater influence I have. You know, the more I listen, the more I'm heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more I listen, the more my, uh, my prestige with the organization and the prestige with the folks increases. So that's just a, such an important key. And so that's just, that's, that's important. But also in this time, we want to be positive, but not delusional. And, you know, we don't know when we're going to go back and we don't know right. what we're going to get a handle on this thing. I mean, it's really dependent upon testing. It's dependent upon a whole host of factors. Uh, but being positive that, you know, our organization is going to survive. We're going to do the best thing that we can in, in order to help our organization survive. And that our goal is to keep as many people here as possible. But, you know, if your organization is saying we don't know if we can keep everybody, then let them know that. 
Uh, I talked to somebody last week and they had already had 5% of their workforce reduced. And they said, we might go for more, but we don't know. And um, so in that, you know, in that regard or in that process, at least they were being kind to say, here's where we're at, but we don't know if this is going to have, we're going to have more cuts down the road. We just don't know if the revenue to do that and to keep the folks that we have on board now. So, uh, but at least that's being, being honest and it's not mm-hmm. being delusional. It's like, Oh no, everything's going to be great. And then boom, you get the furlough check. That's pretty harsh. That's not fair. That's pretty, that's pretty cruel in a time of a crisis. You know Would what I mean? you say that being positive is kind of dealing with what is in front of you now, as opposed to, being delusional, saying everything's going to be fine, but like the negative person would say, oh, it's all going to fall apart. But being positive would say, well, here's what we're doing now. We need to continue on with our task and then cross the bridge when we get to it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Everybody needs to have a, this is the sense of reality. We're all adults. We all know what the real world is. Companies Mm -hmm. have to make money in order to pay us. But the other side of the coin is, too, don't be delusional or don't be Pollyannish and say everything's wonderful, it's great, and then they get a furlough check. And it's just that sense of of being, you know, being almost lied to in the process, of not being told the truth in the process. Um, it brings me to one of the stories in my best boss book uh, where I asked a woman, I said, who is the best CEO you ever saw? And, and it was actually during the last financial crisis of 2007, 2008. And their bank got in trouble. He brought everybody together, all the employees of the bank. They uh, basically closed down and, and had a two-hour meeting with everyone. And they met at a hotel. And there was around 600 employees there. And he had all of them in the room. And there was no glitz or glamour or anything. There was just podium, uh, chairs in a, in a classroom setting, or excuse me, in a theater setting. And they were all in there and closed the doors and no staff from the hotel and basically said, hey, our bank's in real trouble, but we want to try to save your careers. So we've got consultants here to help with, uh, you know, finding your, helping you with your applications, helping you find a job. If you want to leave, you certainly can. If you want to stay, we want to try to help you. But we also want to be honest with you. And the bank did it finally merge with a bigger bank because it couldn't survive on its own. And a lot of people did, in fact, leave because they got a feeling of it. But the bank didn't close because people talked about it. Everybody was responsible and respectful. And I just thought that was a very realistic view of the world but also a very kind way to lead. And I just think that's a great way to go about it. So, right. uh, you know, a, a great story I learned from somebody out of my best boss book. And, and the other thing is too, you just got to kind of grin and bear it. Your team will back you up if they know that you'll back them up. And I just think that's an important key. You know, will you take a bullet for them? Yeah. And uh, at this time, you know, we've got to be able to do that. Those are, those are the challenges out there. And those are the, uh, um, you know, the, the issues that we're all facing. So we just got to kind of grin and bear it and go with it and but be supportive and, and be behind people. Yeah. It, it, being supportive of everybody on your team is, and doing your part is big during crisis situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No doubt about I it. I like and, that one. Yeah. So just be that boss that's behind your team and no matter what, and obviously balance. Um, you know, this is a time when obviously, we've got to get work done and do as much as we can, but mm-hmm. obviously everybody doesn't have all the resources or their available tools. So balance between getting the work done, but are our request realistic and are our request realistic to what the tools and resources they have available to them and how long it will take them to get the job done. Mm-hmm. So balancing that is very, very important. And, uh, and then giving them feedback on how they're doing, uh, you know, the, yes. 
I just read, uh, reread over the weekend, the one minute manager or the new one at minute manager. And the three components in that book are, you know, the one minute goal setting, one minute praise and one minute redirect, which are very, very important. But the key is, um, you know, in, in those redirects of giving that feedback. And that's what coaching is all about is to say, Hey, this is what I've noticed. This is what I've seen. What's your perspective? What do you think? How do we handle it? What would you do doing differently? Is that the result you're looking for? Just asking those coaching questions so that you can give that fearless feedback in a very, very positive way. Now, would you say that all of these are important anyway? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just, they're, they're still going to work in a non-crisis mode, yeah. but in, in a crisis, it's just important for us to remind it, remember it of it. And, and then, um, and then the last one I'm going to do is sharing is caring and okay. a great boss will share the credit. If your team members have done something uh, extraordinary and out of the ordinary in this time frame of challenges, you know, give them credit for it. Uh, when I was listening to John Maxwell last week on his podcast, uh, he was going to go give a speech at an organization and he called his office, you know, close to, you know, nine o'clock at night and one of his key people was still there. And so his assistant left her house, went to the office, looked for the paperwork, and she was going to basically scan it and send it to John. Uh, one of his key lieutenants was there and they said, do you know where this is at? And the guy goes, absolutely. And he goes, well, John wants to uh, to take this and be ready for a presentation and uh, the guy actually stayed up till five o'clock in the morning to rewrite the whole presentation for John and then sent it to him. And John got up at like 630 in the morning. And not only was the work there, but it was he had clearly stayed up all night to send it to him and sent it to him like at 530 in the morning. And it was just wonderful work. And and so John talked about that pretty extensively about, you know, he did this. This was his presentation. Wow. He knew what I wanted to talk about, but he really went above and beyond the call of duty to do that. And so that's really, truly being fearless and giving feedback, but also sharing the credit is give them the credit when they go above and beyond the call of duty. And he certainly did. And that's the important key in this process. Yeah. And so those are I'm just going to if if you don't mind, I'll just re please, you know, go over the top 10 here again. You know, let them know that you stand uh, being kind is a commitment and termination and it's worthwhile. Uh, strong doesn't mean to be harsh. And I like that. Confidence is not arrogance, and that is totally true. Uh, be positive, but not delusional. Recognizing this is we've got to run a business in difficult times. Uh, coach, don't preach. Ask them their, for their perspective. Uh, Grinnett Barrett, your team will, you know, they'll they'll need to know that you stand behind them and that uh, you've got their back. And then obviously making sure that you give them fearless feedback, coaching with them, and then obviously sharing is caring, giving them the credit when they do something very, very effective. Now, you've said on the last couple of episodes that we want to act the way that will make us proud in the future, meaning we want right. to look back on this crisis situation and be proud of the way that we treated the people that we coach. Right. These seem like the way to do it, the guideline for that. Absolutely. This is, you know, that's a really good insight into that process is you know, you will look back from this 10 years from now or 15 years from now and look back and say, how did I handle the crisis uh, during the pandemic? How was I to my team? What was my leadership qualities? And I just think it's so important for us to recognize that and to have good leadership qualities given that challenge or that issue, uh, because you will be, you know, 
you will have to look yourself in the mirror on this and right. how we look ourselves in the mirror and how we look at ourselves after this process is so important. Well, those are good tips. Uh, what would be a tip for getting a hold of you to finding out more about coaching and some of the services you provide? Absolutely. Well, one of the things that I do is I've got, you know, Coaching Manager University, and I actually am giving away free copies of that. So the first person who sends me an email and says, I want a copy of Coaching Manager University, I will do that. It's a 52-module online program where they can learn to coach more effectively. And uh, we've got 52 modules. It's about 10 or 15 minutes a piece. We talk about various aspects of coaching and how it works. And then we've got a 10 question survey. And it's a great tool for an entire management team to learn how to coach more effectively. So it's a great, great tool there. They can also go to RoryRoland.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-O-W-L-A-N-D. I actually was working with a guy today who was giving me a bid on some things and actually spelled my last name R-O-L-A-N-D. You know, it's R-O-W, like rowing a boat on land. Okay. So row land. <laughs> and uh, that's a great way to do it. But um, and isn't that coaching. a good analogy on how hard coaching can be sometime? It's like rowing a boat on land. <laughs> <laughs> it can be, but if they can row boat on land, then when you get them in the water, man, they're going to yeah, fly. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So make it a little bit more difficult and uh, you'll have some great success with that. So very good. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Rory. We'll see you next time. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching. This has been a KCTK production produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, visit RoryRowland.com.